0: there's no such thing as saturation if you're niche down enough. Mm -hmm. So when I first started my blog, I wasn't really clear on what or who I was serving. I was just making like random things that I would come up with. And none of it felt cohesive until I started sharing my Puerto Rican recipes. So I'm Puerto Rican, I grew up eating that food and that to me was like what felt the most authentic and natural for me to share. And so once I started sharing that, I realized there's not a lot of Puerto Rican food bloggers.
1: Hey, this is Allison, and welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast where we talk all things budgeting, debt and saving money. Yo Quiero Dinero founder, Janice Torres Rodriguez is a nationally acclaimed Latina money expert, educator, speaker, writer and business coach. Today, she's breaking down exactly what she did to leave her 9 to 5 and replace her engineering income with her blogging income, where she makes over $10,000 a month. Let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome, Janice, to the Inspire Budget Podcast. I'm thrilled that you're joining us today.
0: Thank you so much for the invite, Allison.
1: Yes, I've been wanting to get you on here because... You inspire me. You're just such an inspiration to anyone and everyone who wanted something different, something bigger, something better for their life that they found themselves in. So I want you to share. I know that you just celebrated leaving your nine to five to work on your business. Um, Tell us a little bit about that process and how it felt to be able to kind of hand in that resignation letter.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's like a lot of people's dreams to create something that is their ticket out of the rat race, if you will. Mm -hmm. I don't think I necessarily knew what I was doing when I started my first side hustle. So I've been at the game of side hustles for eight years now. Mm -hmm. And I started in 2013 with a food blog. It was very much an exercise in frustration about my career and just needing this creative outlet to have something else to look forward to other than just like waking up and going to work every day. Right. So I've always been really passionate about the power of food and family. And it reminds me so much of home being able to share food with people. And so I was thinking to myself, like, how can I make this a thing? Mm-hmm. And I toyed with the idea of maybe like becoming a personal chef, Quitting my job, going to culinary school, being the next Gordon Ramsay or something.
1: Yeah.
0: But then I realized I already was in a high pressure, high stress career as an engineer. And like, why am I going to go and do that in a different <laughs> field for much less pay? Right. Yeah. And it really wasn't until I discovered the online world of food blogging that I realized this is something that I can not only share my passion with people, but I can also maintain that location independence, which was Mm -hmm. super important to me and something that I felt like I needed to do for myself. Like I never imagined myself working forever. I wanted a career that I could do from anywhere. And so food blogging was really my entry point to entrepreneurship. And all of these years later, um, I manifested a lot of different opportunities through that blog. And then I dove into personal finance because that entrepreneurship bug had bitten me all these years ago. And so I created the podcast, Yo Quiero Dinero in 2019, and it's become its own business too. So now I'm juggling these two entities that I've created, but the amazing thing is that combined, they have allowed me to walk away from my nine to five uh, just this past May.
1: Oh my gosh. And what was that like? It was
0: insane. It really was like, I feel like I had been working towards it for such a long time that when the moment came and I realized like, I'm actually making more through my side hustles than I am through my job. Right. That was like, wow, we we did it, girl. We did it.
1: (laughs) Were they surprised or did they know it was coming?
0: Well, funny story is I was actually outed by a (gasps) coworker
1: Oh, so
0: my Instagram has now about like 28,000 followers. And Mm -hmm. so figures that somebody at work figured out what I was doing and they realized that I was starting to talk about quitting my job, like on my platform. So they sent my Instagram to my boss and said, Hey, you might want to prepare yourself because Denise is going to resign.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) So you can imagine that that ensuing conversation with my boss was quite awkward, but -hmm. it was also just like the nail in the coffin that I realized, okay, well, maybe this is just the universe like telling me, all right, it's the time because I originally was not going to resign when I did. I was going to wait till the end of this year. But after having that conversation, I'm like, well, it's out in the open. So let's go for it.
1: Uh, oh my gosh, how <laughs> awkward. I love it though, because I mean, you already have replaced your income, you knew it was coming, and now you just have this uncomfortable situation where you were like, Well, I'm killing <laughs> it at home, and really, this job is just kind of holding me back.
0: Yes, right? that's exactly what it was.
1: Yeah, well, and I, I need you to know that my son, who just turned seven, wants to be a chef when he grows up. So maybe I'll be like, hmm, maybe not a chef. Let's go with a food blogger. Yeah. Okay. I want to know. So you started this food blog out of a creative process. How did you maintain it? How did you run it while working full-time as an engineer?
0: Yeah. Well, the first thing I'll say is I'm privileged to not have children and I don't know how moms and mompreneurs (laughs) do it because you guys are the real MVPs. That being said, I really Well, I feel like when you're passionate about something, you like, you will find the time to make it work. And sometimes I would just come home from work exhausted, but also like inspired to create new content. And I would make a blog post out of dinner that I was making anyway. So it's like repurposing what I was originally going to do towards creating content. That's, that's a big thing for me. And then working on the weekends, working Mm -hmm. in the mornings, figuring it out, doing it at lunchtime. If I was working from home, you figure it out along the way.
1: Yeah. And that's what I did. I know you and I have had this conversation for your podcast, just about how I had to try to do it both for a period of time. And I did have a family. And so I hit this wall where a decision had to be made. Do I quit and work on this business full time? Or do I quit the business and just go back to what I was doing before? Yeah. So you, how long did you have both for years? Uh
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I started this in 2013 and I just quit my job today. But the funny thing is that I'm not really actively blogging anymore. So I haven't posted since at the end of 2020 Wow! and I'm still making 10 K plus a month. So it speaks to the power of once you create this online website where mm-hmm. you have hundreds of thousands of people visiting every month and you create evergreen content that is searchable all year long, you can create a passive income machine through yes. a blog.
1: Okay, so tell our listeners how you're actually earning that money, where that's coming from. Are those coming from people that are reading? What's happening? How are you getting that money?
0: Yeah, so I would say 99% of my income is from ads, and that is simply a function of the amount of traffic that I get. And The company that I work with. So I work with a company called ad thrive and they're pretty much like the top tier of ad providers for bloggers. Mm -hmm. You have to have a minimum of 100,000 views per month on your website in order to qualify for their services. So once you are in ad thrive, like you can make a full time income. Oh yeah. Having them on your, on your blog.
1: Yes. And so I'm with Mediavine, which is also a great, a great option for ad company. But basically when you're, anyone who's listening is like, what do you mean ads? When you're scrolling through and you see the ads that pop up or sometimes the video ads, that's exactly how you're making money. So you literally are doing nothing anymore. Are you updating old posts or anything?
0: Yeah. So I'll do that. Like once a month, I'll update an old post because the algorithm always changes Mm -hmm. and and Google tends to switch around like what it favors as far as content, but I haven't posted anything new. and this is I've done this with 300 posts. So it's not like wow. you had to do five, six, thousand posts on mm-hmm. your blog to make this happen. I, I have 300 posts on my blog.
1: Okay, so then what did you do differently than others in the food niche? because I know that writing about food, recipe, blogs, all of that, it, it can feel saturated. I don't know. Is it is it overly saturated? I'm not in that space.
0: I would say, There's no such thing as saturation if you're niche down enough. Mm -hmm. So when I first started my blog, I wasn't really clear on what or who I was serving. I was just making like random things that I would come up with. And none of it felt cohesive until I started sharing my Puerto Rican recipes. So. I'm Puerto Rican. I grew up eating that food. And that to me, was like what felt the most authentic and natural for me to share. Mm -hmm. And so once I started sharing that, I realized there's not a lot of Puerto Rican food bloggers. Mm -hmm. There's maybe like five of us. And when you think about like how many Puerto Ricans are, there's at least like eight or 10 million of us throughout the world, if not more, there's a lot of readership Mm -hmm. potential that is not being served. And so when you're thinking about how to turn your blog into a business. It's about getting really clear about who you're serving and making sure that that is specific enough to make you be able to differentiate yourself.
1: That's awesome. And did you take any courses along the way or learn anything about SEO? Tell me about that.
0: Yeah, so a lot of it was definitely self-education on YouTube and Google. But when I first started, I took a food blogging course at the Institute for Culinary Education in New York City back in like 2014. And food blogging was just becoming like, the thing that people were thinking about doing to quit their jobs. And so it was about an hour and a half long course. And we talked about everything from like food styling to SEO to how to work with brands and all that stuff. And so that really set up the foundation for me to turn this from a creative hobby into an actual business.
1: That's awesome. I started a blog. That was my thing. I was like, okay, I'm going to start this blog. I'm going to start this business to get me out of teaching. I knew I didn't want to be in the classroom teaching anymore. But let's say there's someone that's listening to this and they're thinking, what? This is a thing. Because I remember thinking people make money, like really good (laughs) money from this. This is a thing. I know there's someone listening right now that's sitting here thinking, okay, I want a piece of this. What can I do? What tips do you have for them? If they're sitting here thinking, yeah, I want to start a blog. I want to work and put in some effort and then see those results and have that passive income coming in eventually down the line. What tips do you have for them?
0: Yeah. So the first thing is getting very clear on your niche. Like who are you serving? Mm -hmm. How are you serving them? How are you going to differentiate yourself? That is like so important. Then the next thing is, are you going to be able to motivate yourself to do this six months down the line, a year down the line when the, the new fuzzy feeling inside of creating this thing disappears? Mm-hmm. The
1: honeymoon wears off, right?
0: Exactly. Like that's when you really differentiate like the people who just are starting something because everybody else is doing it versus like you actually doing it because you want to. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's also important to do some market research. Look at your competitors. How are they making money? Get that context so that you understand, like, what are the different options that I have and what am I willing to do and what am I not willing to do? Right. Because if you have a lot of people in your specific niche who are like creating digital courses or doing affiliate marketing and you don't see yourself wanting to do any of that stuff, then you're going to have to figure out a different route to monetize your blog.
1: Right. Today's episode is brought to you by the Budgeting Basics email course. If you're new to budgeting or if you need a refresher, then this free email course is for you. I'll walk you through exactly how to write a budget, get started with paying off debt and saving money. You'll also get access to my free resource library where I have a collection of free printables to help you get your finances organized once and for all. Go to inspirebudget.com free course to sign up or simply click the link in the show notes. Okay. So being able to do this taught you more about blogging and you mastered it. And now you teach people about side hustles and money. Tell me about that. So you have two, you have two businesses. So we've touched on (laughs) one that's makes generates a lot of money every single month, passively. You're more hands off with that. Now, now tell me about your hands-on business.
0: Yeah, so Yo Quiero Dinero is a personal finance podcast that I started because I was really just intrigued about wanting to learn about money and the power of especially entrepreneurship for reaching financial independence. I discovered the concept of financial independence through podcasts. And so along that journey of learning, I realized that there was not Latinas talking about this and just not Latinas talking about money in general. And so Mm -hmm. I think like my engineering background programs me to find problems and then figure out a solution for them. So my solution was the podcast and I
1: love
0: it. yeah, it allowed me to network with so many amazing people. And the questions that I kept getting, as I was sharing my own journey on social media was like, how the heck did you do this? Mm-hmm. So I was sharing my numbers around the blog. I was sharing my process and people started reaching out and they're like, can you teach me how to do this? Yeah. So I started with like one-on-one coaching for bloggers and newbie side hustlers eventually turned that into a digital course called the Ultimate Side Hustle Starter Kit. And it really is just like all the things that I've learned over the past eight years. I know I would have made much faster progress if I had had all of these tools. So I figured, how can I best serve? Let me just put together all the knowledge that I have and package this in a way that people can access it. So now I do that. I do freelance writing for personal finance media. And it's just crazy, like speaking engagements. All of these things have come from a direct result of just like putting my story out there and then people wanting to know more.
1: That's awesome because they, they are looking at you and they're like, she's like me. (laughs) You know, it's easier to relate to you than it is to someone else that looks nothing like them and has a completely different background. So they're looking at you and they're like, okay, she's like me. This is inspiring. It's motivating. That's awesome. One thing that I'm wondering if you feel the same way about this is I feel like people were going along happy on their merry way, enjoying their job or, or just kind of just content in their job, maybe even apathetic and then COVID hit. And everyone kind of saw what it could be like, or maybe not everyone, right? Doctors and nurses didn't, but a majority of people, more majority of people saw what it could be like to have just a little bit more freedom in your day, more freedom with your family by working remotely at home. Do you think that that has had a direct correlation with people wanting to start their own business?
0: Oh yeah. I think so many people have gotten a taste of the freedom that it Mm -hmm. is to especially be like a digital entrepreneur. And they're just like, oh no, we're not going back to the status quo. I think employers are really going to have to build remote work into their work culture because Mm -hmm. the people that have the option are not going to go back. We've seen how much more balance you can have when you don't have the pressure of a long commute and you can take breaks throughout the day and like be with your family and take care of your kids. People are no longer willing to sacrifice their quality of life and their families and their limited amount of time for a paycheck because they know now that you can still get paid and work from home.
1: Yes. And I think that that's one of the, I don't know, maybe bright, Shining lights that came from all of this is just the awareness. Because I, I knew about it and you knew about it, but, and, and at times and I'm not going to lie, there are times whenever it's, it can be very lonely when you're at home. And that's why it's nice to have coworkers and things you, people you can turn to and talk to. But I think that it's really shown people that, Hey, this is a different way. We've kind of entered into this new phase of working and many employers for so long have said, no, we're not doing that. This is unacceptable. But as we continue to grow and, and technology continues to advance, why not?
0: Yeah, why not?
1: Why not do we have
0: to we have to demand more from corporations because Mm -hmm. it's just there's no excuse anymore.
1: Right. With your last nine to five job, were you working from home at all or remote?
0: Yeah. So the funny thing is like in my industry. So I I have an engineering background and like working remotely was not a new thing for me. So I've been doing that since at least 2015,
1: Oh, wow. So when I
0: saw everybody else catching up with what I've been doing, and that's something that I actually negotiated into my compensation package. I mm-hmm. said, I'm only taking this job if I have the ability to work from home at least 50% of the time. Wow. And so now, you know, that's a normal conversation to be having. But mm-hmm. back then it was really, it was really not. So I'm just so happy to see all of these industries who for the longest time have made every excuse about why they can't accommodate this mm-hmm. being forced now to confront that. Yes this must be an option for people because otherwise you're not going to be able to retain the talent that you've been used to having access to in the past.
1: Yes. Okay. So you have someone that wants to start a side hustle. They're not really sure how to get started. Do you have anything to offer any of our listeners that are like, you know what? I want a piece of that. Sign me up. I want to make some extra money. Maybe one day even replace my full-time income.
0: I would love to just invite you to think about the skills that you have whether those are professional skills, those are personal skills, right? Like me, I love cooking, somehow turn that into a business. Or there might be skills that you don't even have right now, but you're super intrigued about learning. Mm -hmm. Those are three places for you to start kind of, brainstorming, what could you see yourself doing? And then I say, work with a coach because I had such a long journey to making this transition because I never had a business coach. I never knew what the heck I was doing. It was kind of just learning on the fly. And so that's why I created my side hustle course, the ultimate side hustle starter kit. So it's a online course that you have access to for life. And it comes with um, access to a Facebook group of your fellow colleagues who are also in the course. And it's, Literally from A to Z, we're talking about how do you come up with the idea to how do you quit your job and everything that you have to do in between, whether we're talking about retirement, insurance, marketing, setting up your finances, like all the things that I've learned along the way, those are packaged into the course. And you can find out more about that at sidehustlemoguls.com.
1: Oh my gosh. See... I feel like I guessed a lot of the way on my, (laughs) on my journey, you know, like starting a business in 2017, it was a lot of Googling. It was a lot of guessing, a lot of anxiety. And I'm sitting here thinking, why didn't I find something like this? It's because I didn't know. I didn't know these things were out there. Right. So now, you know, if you're listening, you know, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. Yes. And I'll link to that below. So Janice, at the end of every interview, I love to ask my guests three questions that I want you to think too hard about them. Just answer them just to help us get to know you a little bit better. The first question is, what is one thing on your bucket list that you want to do?
0: I'm actually doing it next year. I've always wanted to take my mom to Paris so we can take selfies in front of the Eiffel Tower. And so we're doing our mother daughter trip to Paris in the spring of 2022.
1: Oh my gosh. How long will y'all be there?
0: We'll be there for a week.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Yay. I'm so excited you get to cross that off your bucket list and hopefully yes. everything works out perfectly and yes. no issues with getting over there. The second question is you have three hours to do whatever you want with no interruptions. What do you do with your time?
0: Definitely going to the beach. I moved down to Florida so I could be within like five minutes of the beach and that's exactly what I would do.
1: Oh, I love the beach. I love, where in Florida are you?
0: I'm in the Clearwater area.
1: Oh, okay. That's where we visited. I took my kids to Tampa area. We were over oh, yeah. In- in that area a little bit a little bit away maybe like 30 minutes away from there but it's beautiful water out there oh my yes. gosh yep. nice nice choice <laughs> okay and the third one is my personal favorite to hear and all you have to do is finish this sentence my favorite thing i've ever spent money on is
0: i think i'll say my wedding
1: oh I love it. Even all
0: these years later, like eight years later, people still talk about that it was the best party ever. And I I have to agree.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's good. See, it's like an experience, you know, people, a lot of people will say they love spending money on travel. I think a lot of times it comes down to these experiences that create these memories we can hold with us forever. So that's wonderful. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you, Janice, for joining us today. And I'll link to everything down below. I'll link to your, I'll link to your, your recipe blog. What's it called again? Delish 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 Delights. delights. I'll link to Delish Delights. I'll link to your side hustle starter kit and I'll link to your Instagram as well.
0: Thank you so much for the invite.
1: Yes. Thank you. I hope you've left this conversation with Janice inspired and motivated to make a little bit of extra money, start a side hustle, because who knows, it could actually be your full-time job one day. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place.